Welcome to Emma's podcast. So today I have a special guest who, and I'm so blessed, uh, is coming back for the second time uh, to be on the show. And I'm so excited because we're going to be today. We're going to go deep into our start to go deep into an interesting topics that a lot of people, I think it's a battle to understand and comprehend. So I want to welcome uh, Jojo Sesan who's a human performance consultant and has done so much because he's a NASDAQ consultant. He, I'm telling you, listen to the first episode and you will understand who Jojo Sesan is. He's a miracle, quote-unquote, worker, just a beautiful and spiritual person, amazing um, and very, I would say, gutsy person who has done so much for humankind, uh, has some... Um, Nonprofit organization where he's helping uh, children and so much more. So I am so honored to have you again today. I'm, so, I'm excited too. I'm like, oh my God, I got goosebumps. This <laughs> is a good sign to have you today. So good morning, Jojo. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, Emma. And uh, again, thank you for inviting me. I guess you wouldn't invite me if you did not have listeners and watchers from the last time. So I would like to thank the audience. Those people who have one have seen it and heard some of my message and are returning, and also some of the new ones that are um, just tuning in to find out what Emma's universe is all about. I'm just a little particle in Emma's universe. The, the, a, very, a very bright and shiny particle of positivity and beauty. So I'm very happy and humbled to have you who accepted to come back on my show. Because it wasn't for the listener, it's for me <laughs> and for okay, the you, messages Emma. from, uh, it's the messages. It's not only from me, quote unquote, but it's for the messages and the conversation uh, I would like to further with you. Uh, that to me, I feel it's the time, the right time to talk about. So that's why. And today, we the topic will be the universe. And the universe in so many sense that uh, Jojo is going to be able to talk about. It's not only the universe of the beauty outside of the earth, but it's also God. And the connection and the connectivity between the universe, God, us, it's we're not really finding anything. We're just having a great conversation. So you wrote a book, actually, that's uh, Springboard to Heaven, if I'm correct. Correct. Yes, that is that is. It's so, out of print, but you can still order it online. I think in an e-format. Springboard to Heaven: The JoJo Says an Adventure. Okay, so why did you write the book? We're gonna go with this first. Well, it's just completely um, out of this world. It's it's very strange in a way. Um, whenever somebody approaches me about their concepts of reality, religiosity, or spirituality, I I do not uh, I do not. Um, judge them as wrong or ridicule them at all because the greatest minds in history that have been proven to be right were once ridiculed so i always keep an open mind that what they're saying may have some truth to it and sometimes i am not sure but i let it sink in and there's a certain moral compass in us that tells us this must be this must be right so when it uh, began uh, it began when i visited a friend of mine in the hospital and uh, she said that she reads people using 
uh, using a, some like like a tarot card. Of course, I don't subscribe to it, but she said she wanted to she wanted to read it for me, and she can tell who my angels are. I do believe in spirits and celestial beings, so I allowed her because um, it was she was giving me the goodness of her heart. Okay, I'm I'm open. So she read my two angels. She named my two angels. Um, well, I guess I can I can say it here. Uh, it was it was. She said she was surprised because they they were two archangels, and then, because there are seven archangels in mm -hmm. uh, history, yes. it's mm -hmm. Michael, Gabriel, um, um, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Saraguel, Raguel, and Ramiel. Those are the seven archangels. She said it was Michael, and mm -hmm. and uh, Raphael, and she said they have a message for me. So here I am, like, is this real or not? And she said, the message is go write a book. That was a message. And for me during that time, like, oh, okay, maybe I'll write a book someday. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, not too long after that, within, I guess, a period of one month, there was a man who knocked on my door at my office. And his name is James, is James Reardon. He's a four-time New York bestseller. And he was mm -hmm. the... Uh, he was the uh, biographer of um, of the Doors, okay? and also uh, um, what was that? Uh, several other things, but there was four. Oliver Stone. Uh, Oliver Stone. Oliver yeah. Stone. Uh, yeah, Oliver Stone, mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's one. So he approached me because he happened to be living in the same area where I lived, and his wife had become my client. And I asked, "So, Jim, so what are you here for?" And he said, "Well, um, I want to write a book about you." Uh, biography. I said, Jim, come on. I, I'm a nobody. I, I'm not known. He said, that's it. Because the world is tired of all the, the Britney Spears and all the other, uh, all the other entertainment celebrities having these biographies. But you, you have so much to tell. Somehow he kind of researched about me. Mm -hmm. And he said, nobody knows you. Uh, you have a message. So let's do your biography. So from then on, we worked together and produced the biography. And he didn't have a title. He said, well, what should we title? Well, I'm not sure. So one time I went to uh, a Starbucks and was drinking coffee. And then, and then it popped out of my mind, springboard to heaven. Because I have a picture of me standing on the lip of, uh, of um, uh, the, or the tongue of uh, in Yosemite, Half Dome Mountain. For some yeah. reason, I ended up having a certain pose pointing at the horizon, and I didn't realize. I was thinking maybe you need the springboard, just like in, so getting into the swimming pool, but this time you go yeah. up toward the next mm -hmm. dimensionality. And that's where it all began. And uh, the objective there is not just telling about someone's life. It's like a, the, the, the adventures and the reality of, of an in this immigrant who was believing in God and wanting to make something of his life and then other people's lives and what happened after, but everything unfolded from being in the Philippines to reaching America. And I think we're going to talk about that, the things that you're passionate about, why it works, why and the secular mm -hmm. world calls it the law of attraction. There's, there's actually a spiritual, spiritual definition in that as well as uh, there, there are explanations. Why does it happen that much? People believe in karma, don't they? If yes, you they do. Comes around, goes around. Um, mm -hmm. it's, 
interesting where people believe in those unseen things, yet they would deny the existence of, of a powerful being, like an almighty. So yes. it, we're going to talk about that contradiction of people. Absolutely. So um, you work with NASA, which is, you know, bring you to the universe as well. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm always in awe when I'm able to talk with somebody who has this spirituality, because again, there is a difference when we talk about spirituality and religion. I think a lot of people don't understand the difference with a person who's spiritual and a person who's religious. And that's another issue too, because there is a complex of understanding those words. Can you clarify that? Oh, absolutely. I'd be, I would love to. Um, when you say religion and people always fight on who's right and who's wrong mm -hmm. and people in groups try to say this religion is bad and the other one says it's the other one, this is how it works. When you say religion, these are what I call the algorithms of what a certain group of uh, thinkers or people believe the way to God is. Because these religions are all ways of coping reality so that you can reach the next level of existence, which is God. It's coming home. So religion are just algorithms. So you may have algorithm A, this is how they do it. And you have algorithm B and algorithm C. But when you talk about spirituality, this is your awareness of the of the things that transcend your reality so i'd like to say somebody who's a, an atheist that's his spirituality I mean, they, mm -hmm. they, that's his transcendent that's the transcendence is that's the end of um of the this exist of the existence beyond what it is that's his spirituality so again religion is only the algorithm certain algorithms that people subscribe to like if it's tribal, it's tribal. You know, uh, there's a lot of cultural uh, cultural effect to it. And mm -hmm. the spirituality is everyone's sense of transcendence. It can mm -hmm. be thing, but you have this sense of transcendence, a connection to the unseen world, the invisible world, which is higher than you. Absolutely, because a lot of people don't understand that and even don't see the miracles because well, I have a, a, a background in, uh, I'm a Roman Catholic by background, and I don't deny that religions, but I'm more spiritual. But it's very interesting that, you know, when you're reading some of the book, the holy books, they're talking about huge miracles. But look at the miracle of life in general. Look around you and take the time to open your eyes and you will realize every day there is a miracle happening around us. It doesn't okay. need to be a big uh -uh miracle. Yeah. Okay, I think um, everybody can, everybody would always either agree with it or not. But I think it's best if we have a common reference what miracles are, and then to, mm -hmm. to prove to people that uh, what you're saying is correct. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'll start with probabilities. Okay, mm -hmm. so yeah. people, yeah, because I want people to to understand that you are a sentient being. You are you have a substance of thought that can only come from something greater. So, so when we um, when we talk about um, uh, let's say let's say um, okay spiritual God first okay God why is there is there really a God okay now if we come if if you ask you well how do you how can you say that something is beautiful or something is is hotter or something is colder how do people know that. Well, the answer to that is because they have a comparison of a scale. As much as someone is pretty, someone is prettier, 
prettiest until someone is absolutely pretty and somebody, somebody's less pretty and so forth, as much as temperature from 20 degrees up to a millions and billions of degrees higher or so there's a comparison level okay you cannot mm -hmm. deny that every single person knows that you can only assess something with comparisons and then then think about about your thoughts right now okay max planck max planck is the germ is the german um, theoretical physicist who received the Nobel Prize in 1918. And of course, we always listen to the brilliant people, right? That is our standard, again, because we compare who do we listen to, the one with, this, with the, the best uh, recognized as the best thinkers. Yeah. And he said that, 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 that the matter of what we know is, is comprised of these, uh, these atoms and subatomic particles. And it must, he could not comprehend beyond what it is. So he, he says that all matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force, because these forces hold those little energy particles together. And since this energy holds, holds uh, is a force, we must assume, this is from him, we must assume that there must be an, a, um, a, an intelligent and caring mind that's holding it together. And this mind, he says, is the matrix of all things yep. and all, all consequences and all decisions. So when we talk about why is there an intelligent mind holding this? And all theoretical physicists and all, and all uh, astronomers agree that there are four major forces in the universe that holds it together, like the, the electromagnetic force and gravity, uh, strong and weak nuclear forces. There are certain values to it that can be measured. Those values are so precise. They are so precise that everybody, uh, everybody has a consensus in the scientific community that if you move the value just one decimal point mm -hmm. on one of those four major forces, the universe would implode. It yeah. was that specific. So, mm -hmm. so coming back to, to, to that. So if it's specific, there must be intelligence that's, hold, that's holding it together, that what we call an architect, because the world has a lot of intelligibility and intentionality. Mm -hmm. so going back to the um, why, why you, when you said we are miracles every day, it's either people accept it or not. But what if people can understand it is a miracle? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we find, how do we define a miracle? A miracle is an event that should not have happened, that it broke all the laws of nature and laws of physics. That is a miracle. But we casually say it every day that it's a miracle, it's a miracle. But I'll, I'll make that true because that is actually true. But in the, in the consensus of the world, a miracle is something that happens almost instantaneously and breaks the loss of nature and physics. For example, somebody has a tumor in the head and suddenly uh, in, in a real time and you see that tumor shrink. Well, it's impossible. It's breaking the loss of nature and, 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 the, and, the, and all the loss of physics. That's what a miracle is when it breaks. It's impossible, breaks the laws of nature and it's impossible, but it happened. Okay, agree? Agree, or we okay, can right. explain. Yeah. Okay, we can, but but it breaks yeah. the, the, the 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 possibilities, right? Okay. Yes. Now, okay. Now let's do this. 
it is consensus in the in the world because we, consensus means that that's what been been taught to us or expressed to us in media or education that the origin of the whole universe that we know it came from one explosion in the emptiness called the Big Bang Theory. And of course, yeah. it's so popular that uh, a TV producer created a, a show. It's called the Big Bang Theory. You know, it's so now. It's, there's two definitions in the world. When you say the Big Bang Theory, people think, oh, are you talking about the show? No, it's not. I'm talking about the Big Bang Theory. Everything blew up. Okay, it's supposed to be like from a single point, a point of singularity, it exploded and everything formed into place. Mm-hmm. What we are, the atoms, the planets, and what we see is the visible universe. There is a problem. I'm talking about probabilities. Um, again, people know what the probability is, like how probable, how likely is it going to happen? For example, if I have a stack of cards, playing cards, and mm-hmm. I, so right, right in my, I'm grabbing it right now, and I put my hand right there, just maybe an inch below it, what's the probability that if I let go of those stack of cards, it will land as a stack of cards on my hand? It's pretty high, isn't it? It's still yeah. going to be a stack of cards, right? <laughs> yes. Maybe 99%. It's going to be a stack of It's going to be a little, little ruffled, but it's still a stack of cards. What's yeah. the probability if I triple this, this distance? A stack of cards. Well, maybe yeah. it's going to go down. It's still going to be a stack of cards. Maybe 75%. No, it's going to yeah. go down. If I keep on increasing the distance between where I drop the cards to getting it to a stack of cards, there's only a limit where it can be a stack of cards. Where it's ruffled, stacked. Beyond that, it's going to be in disarray. Correct? Are you with me? All right. All right. Yes, okay. I am. If I if I kept on if I kept on increasing the distance all the way to uh, to uh, let's say an airplane at fifty thousand and thirty thousand miles altitude, well, it's not even going to be zero probability. It's going to be a negative value. It really is improbable until it becomes astronomically impossible. It ain't going to happen, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm going with that. Okay. There was a scientist, uh, a Christian scientist named Benazir, and he what he did was he was kind of interesting. He took all the uh, variables of what of what were like a cohesion of atoms and human mm-hmm. beings and us and you and me that will cohere together to form who we are from an explosion in space, supposedly close to about 14 billion years ago. Mm-hmm. So this is like it's like me throwing a stack of cars from the moon to the earth, you know, or beyond that. OK. Yeah. He, OK. So now, now I'm, I think the audience is with me here probabilities he uh, the, uh, just to give an example about about the value of numbers again people believe everybody believes standard we are made up of atoms mm-hmm. correct yeah but when i before i start that conversation for a little bit i ask people you believe in an atom yes of course we're creative atoms have you ever seen one no okay so <laughs> that actually is faith that that mm-hmm. is truth. That's why yeah. science is actually a form of religion because you start believing mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. Yes. Go back to the atom. The approximate number of atoms in the human body, which always varies, but the approximate mm-hmm. number is ten times is one times ten to the power of twenty-seven. That means 20, 10 and twenty-seven twenty-seven zeros. It's almost incomprehensible, right? Yeah. So remember that number. The number of atoms in the human body is 10 to the 27th. Okay, just for a comparison and have an idea of what 10 to the 27th is. The probability that you and I will become as it is with a a sentient uh, uh, outlook in life and we're cohesive 
is there's a value. One times 10 to the power of 2,685,000. Okay, that's a lot. It's so so much a lot that it's income. Mm-hmm. We cannot wrap our minds no. around the imp- the Mm-mm. astronomically improbability. It should oh, not yeah. happen. <clears throat> so this was the time that mathematics was supposed to be very precise. Mm-hmm. Mathematics was dead on wrong, because if mathematics was correct, and we are and that what us becoming this from 10, 14 billion years ago, we should not be existing. But right now, you and I are talking as well as the listeners. That means we broke all the laws of science and physics and probabilities just to be here. Therefore, we are a miracle. Yes. Okay, Thank so everything mm-hmm. it's a miracle because we're not supposed to be here. Exactly. Mathematics does not even imply. It defines because everybody <laughs> believes Mathematics is precise. Yes, it is precise. But if it's that precise, how come we're here? We're statistically not supposed to be here. We're an anomaly. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I, I hope that makes sense to some of the listeners. I just wanted to open up your mind that you have this beautiful mind that's been granted to you. And many people are not using it to the full extent because we are like religious people. All of us. We just we just want to believe something that comfortable for us so we don't have to think and cause a headache exactly okay so but you have to think beyond when you're able to i talk about breaking the glass ceiling basically because we are i, I don't like um i think I, for the past few years uh, writing my uh blog i talked about the robots world i talked because uh somehow a portion of us or the ego side of us or what makes us feel safe should be in that little box confined. Because I think what scares people a lot is break that glass ceiling and see and go into the unknown. Because the unknown is where we can let our imagination be. It's where we can really think outside of the box and see things a different way, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, I think uh, you are right. But um, I my, my specialty in a way is to dissect the information. Why is it yes. right? Why is it potentially wrong? Okay. Uh, when you say breaking the ceiling, people are afraid. Yes. People are afraid of change because mm-hmm. the primary the primary belief of people is actually pride. Nobody wants to be told they're wrong. So there's a saying that it is easy to fool someone than to convince someone that he has been fooled. That means once you believe with all your heart or all your soul that this is this is this is the fact the fact number eight fact number or or the eight or the the best fact and anything else is wrong and then what the what happens I'm going to explain in uh, what happens in the mind. There's a certain pride of believing something you want to believe, mm-hmm. but the problem is most people equate that belief to their own self, that when you attack the concept th- that they feel they are you, the person is attacking them as a person, then yeah. all hell breaks loose. Yes, it does. So if we can only learn, because we can do this, is because of this, these are belief systems that really worsen the world. Mm-hmm. Well, you, have a, you have a mind and you have a body. It's okay to say, say I say, 
um, you tell a person, I think you're really weak, you're skinny, and uh, you may be sick, there's something wrong with your body. We can accept that. Oh, something wrong. I may need to see a doctor. So we can separate ourselves from our body because we're not insulted. We know that something is going wrong, right? Yeah. We may have to thank that person for telling us. Yeah. But when somebody tells you something's wrong with your mind, the, it's going to be World War III because how <laughs> dare you insult yep. me? Mm-hmm. Their problem. The problem is not the person telling the, the other one there's something wrong with his mind. The problem is that person cannot separate whether is there really something wrong with my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Just like, is there something wrong about my body? Well, you can go to a doctor, but for the mind, maybe you have to revamp some of the concepts and some of the elements that, that make up the foundation of your belief systems. Because everything that you see around you in your life is only a reflection of what's inside of you, your consciousness and your heart. So again, um, that's a, a short answer to um, when people correlate the, what they believe, concepts, tools, and they, they think it's it's them. It's not an attack on them. If you, Emma, if you tell me I'm wrong, I would like to know what that is because I, you may be right. And if you're right, I will thank you instead of, oh, how dare you say that to me? No, I yeah. want to know what's wrong. I'm going to look it up. Maybe I am. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Exactly. There's so much pride. You know, if you tell somebody you're fat and then oh, how dare you tell me that? You're 300 pounds. Well, so do something about it. For example, is it a, a medical condition or is it, uh, is it depression? Is it something you can do? Is, 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 are you happy with what you are? So it's up to you. When, then you don't have to be angry because somebody's just being a scientist and observing, hey, this is what you are. Mm-hmm. Okay? I know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being able to talk uh, freely, I do remember I was uh, going out I can tell that story actually. On the, on Christmas Day, actually on the twenty fifth, I was invited to um, to a wonderful friend of mine that did uh, because they're Indian. They did the blessing of their their house, and uh, it happened on Christmas Day. And uh, um, they did a blessing of um, there was a young child who was actually um, blessed that day as well. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. ceremony. And I smiled because I was like, oh, that's interesting on Christmas Day. I'm like, that's awesome. But I had a fantastic conversation with people because they were in awe to realize that when we talked about the different religion, uh, because they are Indian, so we talked about the deities and everything. They were shocked to listen to me talking (laughs) like, oh, yes, Malakshmi. I love Malakshmi. I do talk to Malakshmi. And they were like, okay, really? I'm like, yeah. The universe doesn't make a difference who you are and what religion you are. They're helping you as they're helping everybody else. It doesn't matter if you ask for an angel, an archangel, or deities. They don't care who you are. When you ask for help, the universe come and help. But I always find it very interesting when people are looking at you in the wilderness, like, wow, I never thought about that. I'm like, no, exactly. Because well, it's learning, from, learning from each other. So you're, you're me, right. Yeah, you were you were a um, a different sense of information for them in the sense of mm-hmm. the passion. Okay, um, yeah, you, you're right. Uh, not talking about the the universe. You know, I think since we're going to talk about God, I think let's define him first. You know, in what yes. we can. Okay, so because we always use God and people get offended and whatever. No, the, the offending is coming from you, not from not from the outside world. In psychology, this is called 
either you are subscribing to an external locus of control or an internal locus of control. External locus of control means that whatever happens around you determines your, your emotions. Yeah. And it's not going to happen. But if you have an internal locus of control, you can control because happiness and sadness and anger, they are decisions. There's an, an inherent reflex uh, thing to happen, but we are sentient. We are smarter than that. We have a prefrontal cortex. We can tell whether, whether we have a filter to say that, hey, uh, this is not acceptable. And maybe uh, maybe the consequences are going to be worse. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what, supposed to be God is again. Now, everybody understood what I said earlier, that if you say something is beautiful, it's because you are comparing mm-hmm. it to a more beautiful, less beautiful. But all of all of that, that scale will always end up <clears throat> in point, an absolute point, right? Yeah. So when we talk about consciousness and intelligence, you, the listener right now, you're listening and understanding this because you are conscious and you are intelligent. You are sentient. That's a given. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching this because you wouldn't know how to operate your own cell phone or computer. So in, um, in uh, the ancient uh, Greek, um, the Greek philosophers, um, and they say they call this the, um, the absolute intellect. So your mind will go into the absolute to the point of absolute intellect. That absolute intellect is what we call as human beings as God. If, if God came down here to earth and, and told us who he really was, we would be scared, we would, we mm-hmm. would not understand it, and we would run away because yeah. it's incomprehensible. God gave us a brain to hold our consciousness, but it's limited. So that means our limit, our our comprehension is limited. Although the the intelligence, intelligibility are all exponentially higher and higher. And I can explain this in a way that if you teach a chimpanzee how to pick red, white, and blue and get apples, or you can train that, they would understand that. But there's a certain level that uh, of limit that they can understand. You cannot teach them about Nietzsche. It's not going to happen. Why does it does it mean that Nietzsche doesn't ex- Nietzsche's teachings doesn't exist? No, it means that the comprehension level of the chimpanzee is limited to a certain degree. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if we look at the, and since we are in a scale of comparison, we are smarter than the chimpanzees because of our prefrontal uh, cortex. We can do more, but it's limited. So there's uh, there's absolute intelligence, intelligibility, and power and love that is out there that we would not be able to comprehend. That's why God gave us the uh, a leap of faith we know that it's there although we cannot explain it that mm-hmm. that faith is the substance of uh, of what's supposed to be good now talking about substance max planck back in 1980 when we talk about he is the father of quantum mechanics he said mm-hmm. that consciousness mm-hmm. precedes matter it cannot be the other way other way around because in secularism and evolutionary ladder and origins of the universe, it's now presupposing that consciousness was preceded by non-living matter, non-conscious matter. It doesn't work that way. Even the best, the best mind, that Max Planck said, consciousness precedes matter. That's, and that's the way it is. Uh, there's an experiment uh, in quantum physics, mechanics, 
called the um, the measurement problem, and this really baffled everyone. Everybody tried to explain it, but they cannot. Okay. Now, in the in the technologies we have, we can now take a um, a picture of an atom. I mean, instead of a computerized generated image, there's there are now uh, equipment that can take a picture of an atom. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tiny thing. It's it's not yeah. like we we learned in in biology and in physics where it's like a solar system. It's mm -hmm. a fucking ball of moving. It's caught. It's but it, it still has that negative and positive charge. But it's kind of fuzzy ball. They can take a picture, but there is a problem. When you set the camera to automatic to take a picture of the atom, and there is no one looking at this at the lens, the atom does not exist. Isn't There's that amazing? It means it implies, even if you repeat the experiments over and over mm -hmm. again, the atom only exists if there is a conscious observer. Yeah, that's why that all that actually that's actually um, explaining to a great degree what what Max Planck said uh, in the earlier century that consciousness precedes matter. And this is now, now we're going to do, going back to uh, what is this, this, he said that we have this substance, substance, the substance of consciousness is fundamental. Mm -hmm. You can around the people who deny all of this, don't even know that they're using the exact same substance yes. of consciousness that they, that, that, that is telling them they're wrong because there is yep. something greater than that. So yep. when people don't believe, it's not because it doesn't exist. It's because of pride. Nobody wants to be told they're wrong. It, it's their, it's their, um, it's their uh, upbringing in life. And yes. if, if the listeners are hearing this, and uh, being upset is not about it's a learning. Maybe, maybe I'm right, or maybe if I'm wrong, please prove it to me because I would thank you. All right, going back to the substance of intelligence, mm -hmm. I'm referencing you. I mean, great scientists. Mm -hmm. That substance of intelligence will go to the very absolute extreme to where it came from. And that's what we call the almighty, omniscient, infallible God, the Father. So that can, so that intelligence must come out or must, 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 must exist, not just above. Because we think that there's a God, the Father, watching over us. No. That consciousness, remember, the consciousness, the atom exists only yep. by consciousness. Yep. If, if, for example, hypothetically, if God blinked, for just a microsecond, he is observing us. The whole universe would collapse. Yeah. Because we are matter as we know it, because we are being observed in the presence of the almighty, omniscient God. There is this substance, this power that we cannot understand, we cannot comprehend. And yeah. that, that, uh, that power of God that holds this, the, the, this intelligent force that holds every atom together, that is God. So mm -hmm. that's why God is almighty and, and omnipresent. He is in between, let's say, the, the light waves that you see, the electromagnetic field. He is yeah. holding them. The presence is there. It's om omniscient, omnipresent. So God is not that father just kind of above the clouds watching over us with the telescope. Hey, who's, how's it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the chimpanzee in us. Yeah. That's what we can understand. Yeah. And God is so wonderful that for, he wants all of us to be with him. Okay. When I say with him, we're only here 
temporarily in this world. Mm -hmm. We uh, people think we are human physical bodies, but with a spirit. No, we are spirit spirit with a human body. If we can turn that around, then we realize that we are here for a reason. Everybody born here and alive and have died, they have been sent here for a reason. That reason is to find God and Mm -hmm. finding God in many other ways, finding what truth Mm -hmm. is. So there is a God and and people ask, who created God? If there's a God, who created God? Well, (laughs) you have a computer, you know that somebody, and if you're scientific, you know that somebody must have built the computer. And let's say you have these these, um, AIs in the computer looking for their creator. Will the AIs find the creator inside the computer? The answer is no, because you're probably Mm -hmm. in in the kitchen cooking and cooking your breakfast, right? (laughs) So so in a sense, our chimpanzee comparison, when we talk about creation of the universe, we're talking about, about this absolute consciousness and love and everything you can ever think of that originates. So that's why in the Bible, he gave us, he handed us the Bible through prophets. And the Bible is a way of simplifying things instead of him being just uh, this ultra, mm-hmm. ultra magnetic plasma being. Yeah. Want to understand that he made it simple for us that God is father. There is mother. There yeah. is brother. There is sister. Mm-hmm. So, and even the, the wisdom that we learned through the years is based on stories like children because we are like children and everything is a little microcosm. If you have a child, you would usually talk to the child like a child. How do you talk to a two-year-old? First, you have to go eye to eye. From standing, you kneel down, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you kneel down, then the child sees just, oh yeah, I can understand he's an equal or she's an equal. Then you use terminologies that will be simplified when you tell a child, I love you, maybe you'd hold that child's hand, give the hug, um, maybe a little cupcake, and let's go out to the zoo. Mm-hmm. If you told the child at a distance, mm-hmm. I love you, moon and back, the child wouldn't understand that. So mm-hmm. we, are now, we are now interpreting a simplified version of how we can express that love. And so if we compare that to, to the absolute intelligibility, God has actually gave us, he has given us these these are uh, terminologies and stories of how he created the world and so forth, so on to make us understand that he exists. Now people, people always say, Oh, it's just a fantasy book. No, somebody wrote it. Uh, how could somebody wrote, write? And then we, then they claim it's from God. Of course, that's going to be, okay. How do you answer that? Well, science, mathematics, I'll tell you what it is. In 1980, 1994, there was this uh, Jewish mathematician, uh, Eliyahu Rips. And what he did was he used the original Hebrew Bible because that's more, that's more precise as what God had intended it to be. Because the, like say the, the New Testament and the Bible, even though the whole first, the Old Testament, it's been, it's handed down through generations with uh, interpretations. So that means when you use different words, a foreign word to explain it, it may change the sequence of how those yes. sentences, okay? There's a, and yep. that, that becomes a, a, content, a contentability that even in the New Testament, there's a thing, version and so forth and so on. And there's so many versions because then it's the same thought, but the words are 
little different. So Eliyahu Rips used the old, the oldest, oldest written te- Old Testament. And he did a mathematical work on it. And it's actually been published. And it had become famous at one time being called the Bible Code. Well, it's so, it's so easy to just use that. And then people, ah, oh, don't believe in that crap, you know. Well, the Bible Code usually is called ELS, equi- Equidistant Letter Sequencing. What it means is that mathematically, if you took the five books of the Torah, and then from the first uh, letter, it's all, everything's continuous in the Jewish um, bo- books and writings. It starts from the right to the left, instead of left to the right. When there is a counting, a numeric counting of the every nth uh, letter and the nth number, that means, let's say, hypothetically, every 26, hypothetically, every 26 letter, the computer would pick what letter that was. So it, it, they found out that mathematically, if, the, if they use that, each, each of that combination of letters would produce a word. Like, for example, the word Yeshua, who's the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus, mm-hmm. Yeshua. Those letters in Hebrew have been produced by this letter sequencing infallibly. It's perfect. And they tried other numbers, let's say every 115th. What does it mean? It always forms a word that is relevant to scripture. And mind-blowingly, it also refers to some of the past histories that we've had. So that's called equidistant letter sequencing. Now, how do I say it's scientific? Because it went, it went through rigid science. It means that they also compared the exact same equation <clears throat> to other big books, any other big books in, in humankind, like uh, War and Peace and things like that, any other book, the dictionary, and they found a lot of errors. It did not form, it didn't form anything else, a few words here and there, but it's, it's, but it's fallible. Now, the Bible, the, the Torah was so perfect, it did not have a mistake that the probability value, again, we're talking about probability, was so astronomically astronomically uh, low that it mm-hmm. could not happen. Although it could only happen if, there's an if, there was a supercomputer. These men who wrote this yeah. did not have a supercomputer. Nope. So it's that precise that mm-hmm. demonstrates the infallibility of a consciousness that can only prove that there is a God, who, whatever word you want to call it, it is still God. Mm-hmm. It's beyond space, time, matter. Mm-hmm. So just to, to define, you, we are talking in your understanding in the substance of what God is. And how do you know it's something beyond this world? Easy, really easy. In what we know and what we've been taught, we are comprised of three dimensions. There's mm-hmm. height, there's length, and there's width. That's why you can form a cube, right? Three dimensions. Yeah. We yeah. are three dimensions. We mm-hmm. all things three dimension. And on top of that is what they refer to as the fourth dimension, linear time. It keeps on going and going and going. You can't go back. Hollywood and science fiction said, oh, you can have a time machine, blah, blah, blah. It's okay. It's entertainment. But anyway, we are a four, we are three-dimensional being with a fourth dimension, which is time. Yeah. Now, if I asked you, does your mind exist? Of course, yes. We're talking. Yes. You have you have you have this 
this sense of who you are. That's why I think, therefore, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, by Descartes, cogito mm-hmm. ergo sum. I think you can think, therefore, you are. But you, you have so much certainty. Everybody listening to you have certainty that they are who they are. Mm-hmm. That, but now I ask you, where do you place the mind in the three-dimensional world? You where don't. does it? No, because, yeah, you can't, because it's above and beyond. You yeah, cannot yes. contain it. Exactly. We can merge. Uh, where are you broadcasting right now? Um, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay, I'm in uh, south of Chicago. So yeah. even with this great distance, our minds are actually in overlapping. It did not Absolutely. Start, we, we are, if we are confined in the cranium, then we won't be able to talk to each other because that's our yeah. world. Yeah. So I want people listening now to think. Because you all you have it. It's just that it's not defined for you. We're all arguing using the same substance that proves to you that there is a God. So that mind is now existing in a dimension far beyond what we know. And this is the, the dimensionality and the substance of matter and the substance of God. So that you're thinking right now, the, the mere fact that you are, I am who I am, then, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I'll show you, I have a, a, a modified definition of Descartes. Of existence, right. it's. A, I think, therefore, I am, and you understand. Everybody listening understands it. Now, in Scripture, now since I told you that the Holy Bible is scientifically accurate, and it's yeah. even published in a mathematical journal. It's a. Uh, it's so. I'm. I'm. I'm telling you this because I've proved. I've done my proof of exposition that this must. There must be. A, there must be God. When Moses. Ask God because God was able to talk. God talked to Moses. Yes, it's like, and he asked God, God, uh, Lord, who am I gonna? What am I gonna say when the Israelites, uh, my people, ask me who you are? What am I gonna say? And God said, "You tell that you tell them, I am, who I am." Mm-hmm. He said, "I am." That means he is a of origin who i am right Mm -hmm. that is god in hebrew of course it's uh and we we call it in with with the vowels yahweh y-h-v-h is the name of god Mm -hmm. but anyway so i combine that if descartes says in a secular term i think therefore i am Mm -hmm. and i and i applied my uh, my personal belief which i'm i think it would be a more universal belief once you understand it i think Therefore, God. That makes, yes, that makes sense. Right? That, that's okay. the logic of it. Yes. Okay, so, so that's why I, I, I want to define what we can understand as chimpanzee brains, who and what God is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because for most people, and I think for the, uh, which is shifting right now, which is good, is that they, we, we don't think of other dimension or whatever is above us, or I always call it above us, but mm-hmm. the different dimension we're, we're in, because there is a different dimensions, like you talk about the archangels, that um, can be in multiple locations at the same time to help people. It's not one, but it's multiple places at uh, the same time. And it's difficult when you don't open your mind. Okay. That yeah. To understand, you have to let the imagination, you have to let your... Uh, consciousness to really, uh, uh, like I said, break the glass ceiling. Yeah. Just, 
let, let me expound and, and prove to the people that you're right. Cool. Okay? In a simple term. <laughs> because we are the chimpanzee brain and we're also yeah. children. So how do children understand? You simplify things, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to simplify that for the audience. In fact, there's a reference on this. I think the book is an older book called, I think, The Flat the Flatlanders. So, so we are, so let's say, let's just define, we are only in a three-dimensional world with the fourth dimension time. Mm-hmm. Let's say us, the three-dimensional beings, encountered, this is hypothetical, okay? Yeah. Yep. We encountered another universe, and it's a two-dimensional universe instead okay. of three. Just imagine, this is just for, for comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So let's say, let's say this piece of paper now, because it has a, it has length. Yep. And width, but no height. Yes. So therefore, the universe is a flat universe. Yes. Okay. And yeah. let's presuppose in that book, it's actually really beautiful, that if there were living beings, there are two-dimensional beings in this flat surface, the flat yep. lander. So what would their shapes be? So the, it was represented as triangles and circles and trapezoids, mm-hmm. but different shapes. Okay? Yeah. If you were living in that two, let's say your three-dimensional universe. So you, now you can see it. We're above. That's always yeah. got above. We're above that. They can't see us because they don't have the dimensionality of senses. Yeah. So to them, we're invisible. Correct? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Now, okay. Let's go through that. So let's say you have beings with their squares and circles mm-hmm. moving around there. Um, the question is, if you are a cir- circular being, how would you see the square being? What is your view? Well, it's not, you, are you going to see the square? Oh, no, that's a good question. You, it requires that you have, you have height. Yeah. yeah. So each, each uh, being in that two, uh, hypothetical two-dimensional world will only see one line, either a mm-hmm. short line. Or a, strong, or a straight line. If, mm-hmm. if, it's a, if it's a round thing, any angle you will see it, it's still mm-hmm. one. If you see a triangle, it changes when depending on the angle, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Now, we are the three. We are, to them, we are gods, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have another dimension. Yeah. What if I say, okay, I'm going to make my presence known to this circle, to the circular being. I'm going to put my finger there, right in front of it. What will the circular being see? A point of contact. The, the, that, that, in, that being will not see a finger, a point of contact. If I push my finger through it, the, the being that will see a point of contact, it becomes wider because that's, mm-hmm. a, the, that's the thickness of the finger. And then it goes maybe thicker because my hand is going in there. It's going to scare the heck out of that being because <laughs> that being is a chimp- that's their own chimpanzee man. They couldn't understand that. <laughs> Right? Okay. Yeah. Now, as a uh, godlike being, I'm not saying I'm God, I'm godlike being to them. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. see the person who's square on his triangle. I can see the people who are evil when we're bad, who I can see their mm-hmm. intentions. Yes. And in the Flatlander book, the triangles are evil people because if they, if they ram a circle, it bursts the circle because they have sharp ends. Yeah. So I can discern, I can tell whether the person, I can see the personality and who that person person is, whereas the people that are in there, will ha- will, we cannot see that they can only, they can only see a, one dimension of it, length. Yep. Okay, so that's a comparison. That's a simplification when you say God is above. He yes. is, in a, is in multi-dimensions that we cannot even define that, let's say, uh, these apparitions, angelic apparitions, they, you see something and it's not there. Or yep. even what you call ghosts. There's a lot of people who believe more in ghosts than, than God. Okay. 
ghosts are real. I mean, they are they are an, an extra dimensional beings. If they kind of decide to put their finger there, you get scared, and their intention is to scare you. Yeah. Because fear is not of God, you know, unless you fear God, it's different. Okay, so that's a simplification that you are right when you said that. It's just that people end up thinking it's either they're going to believe it or not. Well, I'm giving you a, a simplified version to a chimpanzee or a child's mind, right? That that's yeah. how wisdom works. It's, and I think it comes, you know, um, again, like you said at the beginning of the conversation, it always comes down to what you have learned, what where you're out of conditions and what you absorb as a child of your your surroundings. So when you are not, you know, when that's why I like to talk to business owners. That's why I like to talk to people who have created something because it's, they're opening their minds to others because their minds are already open for creating, doing things that if um uh, when they were younger, they were able to imagine something different, to let that imagination, that consciousness feeding them, being able to be connected with the universe, with God, that they felt that their creativity, their imagination were strong enough to do not see the outer condition they grew up uh, molding them, actually. They broke the quote-unquote the mold. They stay connected. And a lot of people don't understand that because they've been brought up to a certain way. And again, here, we're not here to change people at all. We're not here to convert to do anything at all, but it's an open conversation to when you're ready, tap into your own awareness, when you really go back within word and start to really open up to your own spirit, to your own consciousness, to really start to look at the world a different way. Maybe you can be changed by an event that happened to you that really make you rethink of everything. Like um, uh, one of the most powerful one is death. When death happened and you're being affected by it because you're being reminded, you're being reminded that yes, we're not eternal here. But it brings you all of the questions to, okay, now that person passed away, then uh, what am I going to do? What what am I here for? It makes you question things and reassess. Those are the kind of big events that really make you think and shift. It's kind of feeling like, uh, like I compare, we are on a big chessboard. For me, when I talked about God, the universe, and who we are, Imagine that big chessboard, we're all on it. And the universe is moving pieces there, helping us. And we're moving and we're affecting everybody. But when we're talking about the loss, it really brings us back to the the basics to, okay, what am I here for? How long do I have? And what is my legacy? Okay, want to discuss that? Yeah. Okay, good, all right. (laughs) The question is, why why are we why are we here why what am i here for mm-hmm. okay then we go back to god okay if we are the chimpanzee brains okay we can, we can only handle so much the first is we have to assure ourselves that we have a point of origin mm-hmm. the point of origin is something beyond the contingent universe when i say contingent it means that Everything is dependent on something. Let's say, where did you come from? I'm from my mother, from my father. Where did they come from? Back and forth until it can, it comes, it goes back to, it cannot stop. The only point of stopping is when there's something beyond the three-dimensional world. 
that is God's, okay? So that's the origin is God. We understand that we have consciousness that, that is not endowed in animals. So when we, uh, when, when it's like, why are we here? Well, mm-hmm. the, the answer that I, that I can really, that I can speculate is that if you are just so full and brimming of this goodness and love and you have a vessel and you start overflowing, then that's creation because it does not have any other recourse but to produce more love. That's creation. And then, so we are here. God gave us free will. Now, with that, if, if that spilling out of love and consciousness is like bits and pieces, we are now bits and pieces of that of God. Most of the time, people think, what, can, what am I here for? What can I do? I wanna, they want to fill their empty. There's just that divine emptiness in each one's heart. You can never fill it in. Whatever you do, there's always that sense of longing. Mm-hmm. And no one is exempt, not unless they're dead. Okay? Yeah. That sense of longing, there's a reason why we have that sense of longing and emptiness. People try to fill it in with accomplishments, riches, uh, travel, and whatever to do, relationships, uh, some, and most of them very carnal pr- pleasures. But they're, although they're happy at the moment, after it's done, then they realize they're back to their empty self. Yes. We're tr- and we're trying to look for God to fill ourselves with God. And that's why people go to the religion and with all their might, they're filling themselves. But there's actually, a, and there's actually I believe, is an error in the perspective. We are trying to fill in ourselves. But just imagine, comparison again to the chimpanzee brain. If I have a beautiful vase and I accidentally dropped it and I had hundreds of pieces and I really want that vase to be back again, what do I do? I get the pieces and glue it piece by piece until I can get it back, right? Yeah. Well, guess what, folks? We are those broken pieces. You can never be complete in your own. You can never, no one's a self-made person, a self-made man or woman. You are dependent. You, can, you are always empty because you are not part of the vase. The only way you can be complete is if you return as that piece of vase back to where we came from. And that's God. And the purpose of life, therefore, why are you here? God wants to find out if you're going to search your way back to him. Mm-hmm. It, and it's called meaning. Yeah. We end up having meaning in life. The greater the meaning in life, the more you can transcend the carnal desires and the carnal sensibilities. That's why people who have the, the greatest uh, fear and love for God, even if you start burning them, they are joyful. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of pain, they are joyful. Even in the midst of bankruptcy, they still they give thanks. And look at the chapter of Job in the Old Testament. God uh, allowed, he didn't just take, he allowed things to be taken away from Job. One of the richest men in the world, or the, his families uh, died, he got sick, his friends left him. But God was, what God was testing him, if he will still give thanks. Mm-hmm. And he still worshiped, praised, and never cussed mm-hmm. God. And he glorified God. And because that's called gratitude. Mm-hmm. Grati- gratitude is the ultimate response to a blessing. If you have a lot of gratitude, you will have blessings. Sometimes blessings come in different forms. People think it's a bad luck when it's actually, 
you're actually getting meaning out of it. That's why when people are upset, well, I asked God to give me strength and he only gave me hardship. Well, didn't you ask for strength? God is not going to give you in a silver platter. That's the, that's the Hollywood style. I'll give you mm-hmm. three, but here it is. And that if you get something that you didn't work for, there's no meaning to it. There's no value. That's why even the richest people in the world, the most famous people in the world, they do crazy things. They commit suicide and things like that because they're empty. There's no meaning. Or as if you look at the saints and the greatest men and women on earth, they were not the richest people, but they're the most joyful. They found meaning and their names resounded in eternity versus somebody who was just full of himself or herself. And that's it. There's no meaning. So in, in conclusion, in summary, we are the broken pieces that came from the creator to be filled again, to get meaning. We need to return to the creator, but he gave us free will because God did not, did not create robots for, for him to be worshiped, worshiping yeah. God. And gratitude goes hand in hand. Therefore, if you believe in God, it's not about having steps and um, uttering things. It's about your conversion of heart. That's the only thing that humans have that no other species, no other thing in, in the universe would have. So profound, so true, so beautiful. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. I love it because when we talk about the universe, when we talk about God, um, the concept of religion um, kind of um, overcast uh, a little bit of the what is God, who is God, because we have that um, the some people assume that God always punished, but God doesn't punish. We because you included the free will, God is not there to punish. Uh, like people are assuming that so who's going to go after me if I do this and do that and. It's like, no, we have the free will. The free will allowed us to make a decision. Are we going to do on the right path? Are we going to do something bad? There is consequences. It's like the pendulum effect. And there is a misunderstanding and a misconcept that God is not love. God is there to punish. It's like, no, they're not there to punish. God is love. It's the unconditional love, the purest form of love, of healing that can ever exist. Uh, Even... When I talked about when we got the loss, um, any an animal, a human, whomever, uh, that unconditional love still there. After the person or the animal passed, their spirit, their awareness are still there, but we cannot see them. And it's trying to make understand people, the outer side of us is a shell that hosts our spirit for a certain amount of time. And in that certain amount of time, we got to do our life purpose. We have to, again, like you said, uh, uh, find God within us. This is the journey with God. And when we're opening ourselves up, this is where we can let uh, the um, unconditional love flow out of us and do good things in the world. Correct. Well, um, let's talk about um, that shell that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'll give people an example. Whoever you are listening, isn't it so good and so beautiful to hug, to be in the presence of somebody you love and you hold their hand and you hug them. It's almost like you don't want to let go, mm-hmm. isn't it? Okay. You are their mother, you're a father, husband, children. That's that, that means your, your minds and your hearts are trying to connect. That's the closest they can get 
in yes. a way, right? Yes. Just imagine if God hugged you without your shell. You died, and now it's now a union, a communion. Mm-hmm. Can you? I mean, it's difficult to imagine. Just imagine your your loved one, and you're hugging without a barrier. That's How beautiful. beautiful! It's it's ecstatic to the point that it's beyond any kind of any kind of drug, wonder drug you can think of, and that is the joy of heaven. But heaven also has, if you look at frequencies and vibrations. Mm-hmm. Good and evil is a certain frequency. God gave us that free will because he wants us to be on our own to come back to him. If you're in a frequency that's really incongruent with God, you will send yourself somewhere else. And it's a place of chaos, a place without God. So if you think we're, we're here, we know what love is and everything else, the good things, because God is here. Just imagine if all the good things that God is was suddenly the suddenly walk moved away now you are in a world of chaos that's when people are going to hurt you kill you insult you and now you're really going to be offended yeah okay and this is called eternity but mm-hmm. people have no idea what is eternity well i'll tell you what eternity is in in uh, in our in theoretical physics we know that we can we can subdivide time let's say an hour we can make it we can divide into two 30 minutes right 30 minutes if you divide it, you can have 15 minutes. Then you can keep on dividing it uh, a second, half a second, microsecond. You can keep on dividing it. In theoretical physics, there is a limit to how much you can divide time, that, 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 that uh, piece of time. And it's called, remember um, uh, when, I, when I said um, Max Planck, it's called the mm-hmm. Planck length of time. That's the smallest, that's indivi- that's time is indivisible. It means that time as we know it, past and present, does not make sense at all. There is no future, past, present, but only that now. It's difficult in our chimpanzee brains to understand that, yeah. that's, but that's an example of what eternity is. Just imagine you're living in a supposedly place, because I don't know if it's a di- maybe a dimension, heaven where there is no past and future, where everything can come yes, together no. in that particular moment. And mm-hmm. nothing we have, the time does not move because nope. it's the present all the time. time. Yes. The past and the future can merge together. That means if we were in heaven and we hugged each other, um, hug, hug each other, Emma, it was a beautiful hug. That means I can invite your presence to the time I was born and you can be present. Mm-hmm. You can see me get born. Because all the memories we have, they are in another dimension that they are never really lost. That means if you long for that little house on the prairie that you grew up in and you miss it so much, in heaven, it's there. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, I call it also that in heaven, there is a divine amnesia. When I say divine amnesia, let's say we went to heaven. At some point in time, you did something bad to me that I, I was hurt, right? That memory will be expunged because that mm-hmm. cannot exist in heaven. It's, it's a place of high, highly organized existence yeah. that has no time. Yes. So that will, let, let's say a different example. Let's say there was someone who killed the, the child of another person and all the grief that the, that mother had to endure. 
and that person who was the killer did not subscribe to God and it was his God was himself. That's what the problem is. People think mm-hmm. they're, they're God. They yes. can do whatever they want. They redefine morality. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that they're right, to make themselves feel better, so they find people who think like them. And that now that's an organized denial of God. Mm-hmm. We see that a lot. I'm not going to yes. men- mention names. No. But, no need. But because it's up to you to think where you yes. are in this existence. Yeah. Let's say that woman longed for his child. In scripture, God says he will restore everything and there's and he will wipe every tear away. So in that time and place and dimension of what we call heaven and what we our chimpanzee brains can understand, mm-hmm. the child is there. The child will, everything will be restored minus yes. all the grief. And guess where that's thrown? To the place of chaos where that killer will will be joining in so now the killer is going to be bathing in the, in the sorrows of the mother that we call in our chimpanzee brain as hell mm-hmm. that's beautiful that's okay. just so well explained i love it it's oh, thank you beautiful uh even though when you were talking about um what do you call it uh, uh the hug i could see the energy the beauty and the light the beautiful light of uh, when you were explaining actually because okay I well, was there so yes yeah, that, that's, that's the other dimension that your other your spiritual side which is above this dimension can oh, actually yeah. perceive but yeah. it's just not but you cannot prove it to the next person because because i am uh, you think therefore i am your your substance there the other person cannot be there the only time that they can see that is both if both of you are in heaven mm-hmm. then you can oh this is the time when i was seeing the light do you mm-hmm. want to see it yeah but this is what i saw so yeah. but i love it no it's a, it's a beautiful talk conversation we've got because uh it's bringing a sense of peace and i know you know we talked about the emptiness because i think that's something that we feel as a younger age and i felt that emptiness when i was in my teen is where we you know you grow your hormonal kicking the ego is in there and it's like well, i don't believe in god what is god and you start to reject god which i did when i was uh in my teens looking at uh the circumstances where we were living And for a period of time, just shut it off and just say, yeah, God doesn't exist. But there is a sense of emptiness. And I think a lot of people don't know how to reach out or express that there is something missing. And they don't know how to express what to seek because they go in so many different directions. It's very difficult. So can we? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, When people reject... It is because they're telling God what to do. Mm-hmm. When people pray and they get disappointed because they didn't get what they what they asked for, is because they're telling the Creator what to do. It's like mother knows best. Even if you cried uh, a week to get that expensive iPhone, and your mother says it's really not good for you and it's not good for our budget, Mama knows best, right? God. Yeah knows best now in scripture because scripture guides us and i i uh, can explain how scripture is divine because i i've put in some secular mathematics in there and there's actually research uh, just going back briefly on that when that yeah. was published proving that there there must be a god there's actually a a a, a group of scientists that were really against that idea no you can't put god here that's scientific well the person actually has science 
that, uh, with, with mathematical statistical values. So there, they, to the, even to the point that there was a consensus of scientists not to publish or not to promote that re research. So I didn't think that, so, so there, these people who are scientists are unscientific because science is not determined by consensus. It's determined by the, the objective facts that are presented. And so yes. if somebody's uh, arguing with you and they say they're scientific, but they're angry, they're not scientific because science was meant to be objective to evaluate the facts. And once the person gets angry, they are now subjective. They are now thrown out of the scientific rationale. They're unscientific. Okay, so it's not because God doesn't exist because it's only because they couldn't stand it, that they were wrong. It's the ego. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to the prayers and why people can't accept it. Now, uh, when, when you ask, is God really relevant? Is God really relevant in, uh, in the world? Uh, yes, uh, he's relevant. In Car I think most people would know who Carl Jung is. Uh, Carl Jung, J-U-N-G. Carl Jung, yeah. Okay, Carl Jung. Uh, so he is a psychoanalyst. And mm -hmm. he said that it's impossible, impossible for a human being to exist without God because it's either you need to have a, the, the highest point of your hierarchy, hierarchical values of who you are to live and to interact. You need to have that. If you, if you place God, the father of the Bible, right there, that means you have a guideline and a guidepost how to live your life, who you are. Because if you don't know who you are and there's emptiness and uh, there's no meaning, people kill themselves because there's no more meaning. Life is worthless. So you must have God. Now, if you don't have the, the, the God of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, you remove that. There is still a God. That means yourself. If the, so these are the people, if you are gra gravitating toward that, you are the God. That means that is pride. Anything that, that people say that you don't believe in, they must be wrong and you're angry at them. Either you're going to verbally hurt them or you're going to physically hurt them. And that's what's happening in the world. People, it's the pride. Pride is the denial of something greater than them. And that means if, you, if the person is their own God, goodness is only defined by what's good for them. They feel good. And that they're, what if they ask for a new card, they get it right there. They want a, um, a good, uh, let's say a good uh, family right there. It, that's the work of the anti-God. Evil exists. And we call that devil, Satan, whoever. That is an intelligent, intelligent essence. And people talk about God, but they don't talk about the demon, the devil. They are true. They are, they are the, the first casualties of the first sin of the creation pride they want to be god not to be like god they want to be god mm -hmm. so if we are aware of that situation that we have to surrender our being our pride to something greater that's absolute absolute love instead of absolute evil then that would be then you will understand that when you pray God will give you what's best for you in his mm -hmm. time, not our time. And the things that I have today, I was just, I was just telling another interview last night from overseas that everything I have in my life, uh, Emma, I have a dream house. I have a dream family, a dream wife, a dream child, a dream cars, a dream work, dream job. I have all the dream friends. I have like I, you, I have you. I have all of that. It's not because... It's the best that, that can be compared with other people. It's mm. because it's the best that God gave me. 
And I acknowledge that. And I'm very grateful. That's why I have a dream job. I have a dream everything. But if you're thinking about only yourself as God, then you can com- then you're going to begin to compare what's better for you by comparing yourself with what other people have. And that's envy. So pride breaks away to many things. Envy and um and uh, avarice and you want to take away someone else's you want to be someone and there are people even do uh, several plastic surgeries to be like the person that the the um the, the, the adult sheep. the Halloween, right mm-hmm. so that happens so that's called pride and what happens to those people who try to imitate that it's disaster mm-hmm. disaster even their physical look they're like whoa you shouldn't have done that yeah, <laughs> okay. it's quite so, sad because they're changing who they truly are, and it's putting a mask, a permanent mask, on them. So if uh, you accept, you know, people <clears throat> accept who they are and surrender, that's what I did. I surrender. I do not fight because we're fighting who we want to be. God made you who you are. There is no God did not make any error. There is I, no error, and, and you can I, ask about that. I can explain. I think it's. I think it's the hardest part is to accept and love who we are. Yeah, well, it's a, it may be hard. It the, is the very pride, hard. The, great, the, greater the, the, the greater the thought that it's un- unattainable. Because, yes, and I think it has to do with the outer condition where we are, because until we understand, we're born specifically, specifically where we're supposed to be born because we got a journey. We got life lessons. We have growth to go through. We have a lot. It's not only finding God, but it's finding our purpose, finding our way back home. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit of how, why we go through so many hardships. Okay. It's actually in scripture. Okay. Because uh, um, God had placed that compass of morality of what right and wrong is. It's called the conscience. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like if let's say, even without religion and without belief in God, if you choose, if if you decide to kill a, an infant, let's say you just stab the infant, yeah. you know it's wrong, right? You, you're yeah. even if you did it, it's gonna eat you up. That's the divine compass. Now, Scripture gives us gives us a um, a um, a lesson on what those are, what right and wrong is. That is why I believe in God in scripture because God had given us a template of what right and wrong is. Now, if you don't believe in God and you say it's right and wrong, you have no source of reference for that. Mm-hmm. But, but you, that's pride. That's why in, a, in, in the arena of debate, if you don't believe in God, you're say an atheist or an agnostic, but you believe in right and wrong, you're contradicting yourself because you have no reference for right and wrong. If we're here yeah. existentially, that we're here, we just kind of popped out of a, sing, a, cell, a single cell uh, organism, and we're here just to serve, to to to, to live for ourselves. Then mm-hmm. you would not, you would not have any, you would not have any explanation why someone would give up his his or own life for another person. Let's say you have a child that's going to be eaten by a lion, you would go there in front of the lion, and be eaten yourself. People would not. If you are existentialist, we will not be able to explain that. And However you deny it, it's real. That means there's something greater than you. There's something profound. All you have to do is get rid of the pride by letting go and accepting there's something greater than you and someone who loves you unconditionally. I love it. Beautiful. This is very deep conversation. I love it. I love it. Because uh, um, 
removing all of the barriers, letting it go, and just open our, our heart because the spirit resides in, in our heart. And it's just opening the, the heart. When you let your, and we talk about the, there is chakras. So the heart chakra, when it opens, this is where the love, this is where the unconditional love with the universe for me is. This is the pure connection. But you have, and we have to open it. So again, some people are probably listening and say, well, it's easy said than done. Absolutely. And as you're doing this, as you're going through transformation, so is the rest of the surrounding for you. So there is people when you start to change, where you really go to the direction you're supposed to go, going home, quote unquote, to God. Uh, it really shows that uh, things are going to change and people around you are going to accept or not. But it's up to you to continue to hold that torch and continue your journey. And that's, I think, somebody that was a psyche that I knew uh, over two decades now ago said to me, you know, the hardest things is to be here on earth. This is the hardest things than our spirit experiences. This is the hardest things we can ever do to our spirits is being here on earth because this is not an easy road. So when people kill themselves, it's because it's too much for their spirit to handle. It is a harsh universe yes harsh uh, earth world not universe but harsh world and it is so true when you think about it because for me when people say well there is no hell i say yeah hell is here actually we're living in hell it's us to us to make (laughs) heaven to make our path this is not an easy road it's not an easy road, but we, we uh, colloquially use hell as when it's hard, but there really is a place called hell, which is, it's some, it's described in the Bible as a, as a place where you don't even want your worst enemy to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Emma, let me, uh, let me expound first, uh, just a, a little uh, blurb on when people ask, is religion really necessary? Is, what's the relevance of religion? If you can believe in God anyway, there is a relevance. Okay. And on a practical relevance, I'll give you an example, and you choose between people with religion or not, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a daughter, a teenage daughter was driving the car, and the car broke down in an unfamiliar neighborhood at night. You'd be scared, right? Like you're, you can't do anything, right? I would pray right away. I don't even be yeah, scared. Yeah, I will but, seize but, my but, gear. But, but everybody will be scared. Even yeah. that person, even let's say that was you. Yeah. You would have so much fear like, Gosh, I'm in an unfamiliar neighborhood, dark. Yep. And then you see 10 men approaching you, 10 big grizzly men approaching your car. Now, the question I have for you is, would it be relevant for you if those 10 men came from a party drinking and binging and drugs or those 10 men came from a prayer meeting and a Bible well, study? If Who would I you knew I will choose uh, number two. I will choose the religion. I will not go for the party one. Correct. Well, that is what I'm telling you on the practical side. People don't think anymore. Mm -hmm. We have to think. We have to separate ourselves from Mm -hmm. the concepts to see is the person right or wrong. Religion is still relevant because not everybody is a deep thinker. Some people need a little guidance on what should they do. God made us differently, and they have, everybody's intelligent, but different levels, different ways. And there are people who are not book smart. There are people who are not into mathematics. There are people who are not into discussion of uh, philosophical views, but they, need, they still need the guidance. So yeah. religion is still crucial 
in mm-hmm. somebody choosing a pathway or an algorithm to go to back to the Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And for me, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one being, but three persons. Mm-hmm. That's another discussion. I can go deep in that if you want to. But, uh, we'll because, go to the next one because oh, we, gosh, we, uh, I, I, I won't we take our time. Like <laughs> gosh, yeah. So yeah. And just a little blurb that religion is still very relevant. You would choose it over people who would not have any religion. Okay, and uh, I guess uh, I also want to talk about uh, the difference between some of uh, the groups that are, let's say, atheistic or agnostic group against, uh, uh, about, because there always seems like there's always a debate, right? I know. Okay, okay. There are two viewpoints. It seems like, let's start with uh, the people who don't believe that there's some, that, that God is just a hogwash kind of thing of, uh, of concept. You don't yeah. need it. Yeah. So there's there's a bit of anger and animosity. Like mm-hmm. why should no, that's why oh these Christians are they're ridiculous, you know, they're crazy and things because there are crazy Christians. They're they're going be, uh, way beyond everywhere. Right? Yeah, yes. not because they believe in God, they're right. You know, there's there are evil yeah, deep in there. There are evil Christians and, and good yeah. atheists, but okay. Yeah. So so there is a there is a uh, there is a uh, an anger involved like it's like their point is to disprove the people who believe in God that there is mm-hmm. no God. That is the main point, to disprove them. Okay. Who gets satisfied with disproving the people who don't believe in God? Well, themselves, right? Yeah. Well, I did my point. Yeah. Well, the true believer in God wants to tell the other people to believe in God because they want to save them. That's the different point of view. These real God, God, God-fearing people are are not arguing. They're debating to to almost con- to convince the people so that they can be with God. It's an act of saving and love. Whereas the people who don't believe in God is, is, uh, is, is trying to disprove that there's God so that it would satisfy themselves. Two different points of view. As much as if you have the, a, a pill to cure cancer and somebody has cancer, you'd be willing to give that pill. The mm-hmm. other person may, may reject or not. But the consequence is really... Uh, irreversible. Once you cross that great divide, you can't say, oh, I was wrong, God. Sorry. No. Pascal, uh, Pascal's wager. Whatever you put yourself into, then there's a limit. God's limit has a patience. Uh, mm-hmm. has a patience a limit. And that's the point of death. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why in, the, in, uh, in scripture, God says you don't even want to have your worst enemy in hell. That's nope. why the true, I'm talking <clears throat> about true, genuine, God-fearing Christian people mm-hmm. who are they are following the, the, the laws and the, the tenets of God. They want to save people. Whereas there's no saving if you don't believe in God. Now, now is, is, is it really proving that uh, there's no God? No, it's a denial. And I'm telling you why it's a denial. If you don't believe in something, you don't have to, well, too bad. I don't believe in that. That's simple, right? Let's say... I, th- I told you, oh, the tooth fairy visited me last night. Oh, there's no such thing as tooth fairy. Forget it now. But to the point that there's an or- there's an there's organized uh, groups that's targeting only God. How come there's no group that says there's no Easter bunny or there is no tooth fairy or there's no thing as the boogeyman? There are no groups like that. Only against God. So it's a very selective denial. Uh, denial or argumentation so it's not because it's proving there's something wrong because if, if god really doesn't exist in their minds they don't have to fight for it 
Yeah. It's called, so it's called denial. Mm -hmm. It's not that God does this. They just can't stand it. And I'm, I'm saying this not to tell you you're, you're, uh, you're an evil person. I'm inviting this because I love you, the person listening. If you don't believe in God, I still love you. And I want you to be with God. There's a saving grace that you cannot, you cannot attain. And you, will, you will die empty. So I, my goal is not to tell you, hey, you're wrong. No. My goal is to make you think so that it's your decision, not me pulling you in uncontrollably. I want you to think about it and, and, uh, and discern the information and the wisdom I'm giving you that there must be a God. And if you want life everlasting, you follow for me, Jesus Christ. And then you follow the tenets of God, not yourself as God. Because if you find people who think like you, it does not affirm your right. It's just a bunch of you going, going to hell, pretty much. And I'm sorry if I use that word, because that is the word. It's a place of chaos. It's dimensionality of chaos, where God, God just kind of, okay, you guys are on your own, your own God. You can all be together. Mm -hmm. It's, the, it's the, the exact same resonance, and you believe in resonance. As much as a, a, a tuning port of a key of C, if you ring that tuning port, it will vibrate the other key of C on something somewhere remote, whereas it will not vibrate the other keys. You have to be the same resonance of God, of godliness. And so that's why this discussion is not to step, to step on people who don't believe in God, but it's a kind invitation by making you, uh, hopefully, having you think that there is something greater than what we have right now. And it's all about love. And if I can quote um, uh, De La Martin, he said that to love for the sake of being loved is human. Mm -hmm. But love for the sake of loving is angelic. It is. It is, it, is the, it is the place of God. Actually, yes, it is. And that's why. But the, it's nice to bring a sense of awareness. Like I said, we don't convert here. We're just having an open conversation that can make you think and bring the awareness of where, where we all are, actually. So... For me, um, I always, you know, we're talking about a little bit of the extremists, the people who are religious, but they're, they're forcing others to see their point of view. To me, it's not, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's the problem. Time. It's, when, it's when the biggest force, problem when you're forcing that, that's, it. You can't. That's, that's unchristian. That's pride. If you yeah. force someone, I, I, I don't want to force anybody listening right now to mm -hmm. believe in God and accept Jesus Christ. I'm giving you ideas to think I'm connecting the secular world because um, even science, I would consider that as religion. <clears throat> you believe people who says things and you believe people more than others. Let's say I'll, I'll give an example. There is a scientific discipline that I don't understand why they even have it. And you can earn your PhD with it. It's called astrobiology. Astrobiology uh, astrobiology is the study of life outside Earth, outside the, the, the Earth, or wow. what you call exobiology. Okay. In, 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 in short, the study of alien life, astrobiology. Okay. Now, you can get a PhD and everything because it's organized. You can uh, have master's and PhD. It's, it's, a, it's a degree. But that's the only one of the only signs I know that they're making a PhD without any data. There is oh yeah, no yeah, because yeah, because we don't even have. Uh, there's no, there's no data, hard yeah. evidence. 
that there is actually that there is astrobiology, but they are studying it and producing a PhD. So I'm sorry if you uh, anybody listening is an astrobiology, but you don't have data. Now, even is there even evidence of alien life form as we know it? But remember, we are all inculcated by what we see here and think. That's why Hollywood did a great job on that. That there's so many worlds out there with different uh, with different uh, the aliens and things. Mm-hmm. That's a product of Hollywood. But in 1960, there's a scientist. Uh, his name is uh, Drake, and that's why he postulated the Drake equation. That if you if you calculate the the things in the universe, there must be a certain percentage of uh, of Earth-like places where it harbors life like us, right? That's called the Drake equation. So he was um, he was uh, he was crucial in forming SETI S E T I Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay, you heard of that in the the Arecibo uh, uh, dish uh, down in South America. So what they're doing is listening to yeah. the universe twenty four seven of yeah. any form of blip that there is intelligent transmission because we should be able to eavesdrop an, an electromagnetic transmission. That's from, from 1960, and it had gathered gigabytes and gigabytes of information and data. And the data they found that there's intelligent transmission is zero. There's no zero. Okay. I would, I would be an alien. I would not want you to know. It's zero. Well, I'm just telling you data. <laughs> this is scientific data. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Okay. We sent out probes to Mars and everywhere else to find life. What, what evidence have we found there's life? Zero. Mm-hmm. So everything is zero. Have we, what's the most, the basic ingredient of life? Water. What's the most abundant uh, uh, quality of the universe? There's water everywhere, actually. But water as a liquid only exists on Earth. Mm-hmm. We have found up to, uh, to date about 4,000 exoplanets. That means planets beyond our solar system so far it's, it's counting up 4,000 but who uh, how many planets have we found that have all the the hallmarks of life zero if you look out there up to now we have found evidence of life in zero yet we have a PhD for astrobiology so that means you are treating that science that discipline, mm-hmm as your own religion. You're believing without any data. So Does that make sense? Have, yeah, how can you measure what they're saying? In well, your, you, ask, uh, you ask them, because uh, now if you, if you argue with that, you're gonna be a bad guy because we're scientists, we're, you know, we're, we're in more intelligent, we have IQs higher than you, and it becomes more pride. Yeah. Okay. Because everything else is based on science and everything. When you pass your PhD, there is there is something. So it's very interesting. Okay. It's, does that make sense? It's very inter- yeah, it does. Okay. It's very interesting. So the idea of flying saucers and galactic mm-hmm. people and aliens, they are a product of Hollywood. We are inculcated with it. That's why television and social media, that's the greatest brainwashing in the world. We're supposed to be entertained, but not make that as factual. So people ask me, are we alone in the universe? The answer is no, we are not alone. We have each other. Exactly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> ah, I 
love it. That's awesome. So the, anybody there who disagrees with what I'm saying and you're angry, you're non-scientific because scientific is objective. That means you have to search and, uh, and qualify or disqualify the things that I'm saying. Then you're going to do your own research. Then you are oh, yeah. scientific. I, I think you have proven on today's podcast the scientific uh, part of it as well. It's not only a conversation that we're having, but it's you got uh, the information and you showed it to us. So this is wonderful because is uh, within the quantum physics, it is with the realm of understanding, you know, and that's true because when you talked about uh, physics and mathematics, uh, we always, it's funny because we always try to split it between the religion and mathematics and said, this is two different things. This is the scientific part of it. And this is what it is. The, the other way is just speculation, but you just kind of, you reconcile both of them because this has been proven scientifically, which is amazing. And we acknowledge that there's loss of nature, loss of mm-hmm. physics. So if there's a law, there must be a lawgiver and the lawgiver must, must operate beyond the contingencies of this known universe. Exactly. There's exactly. a law. If there's a design, there must be a designer. And yes. this topic, we can go on and on and on about the holographic new universe and what, and what we think is real matter. If mm-hmm. you go to the quantum level, it doesn't make sense because it's not even solid. It's made of energy. No, we are made of energy. Yeah. We have the physical, not, the emotional, not, the spiritual body, but we are vibrational. Yeah. So Every, now, yeah. Everything has energy. Even in science, there's energy, right? Yes. But that's another, that's another hypocrisy of science. Science accepts that there's energy. They cannot even define what energy is. Well, they can define in their own terms, but, but mm. they, they all say it's a capacity, but it's really invisible. Yes. You see the effect of energy and the effects of force, but you really can't put yeah. it on a table and measure nope. it. You nope. can only measure the effects of energy. Mm-hmm. So if, if, um, if people ask, so, so if, you, if you believe in God, what's the, um, the effect of God? Well, I'm very kind to you, am I not? Am I speaking? I'm treating you as a human being. That's the effect of God on me. Mm-hmm. And you as well. It. Yep. I love so, it. So uh, what I'm bringing out here is that we have our own mm-hmm. set of hypocrisies that mm-hmm. we don't realize because we are, are, because people are treating themselves as own God. Nothing can be wrong with what they're thinking, even though the evidence shows us not. That's why the saying that it's easier to fool a man than, than convince him that he's been fooled. Once mm-hmm. you set in that pride and you connect it with what you say is right, then no one can budge that. But mm-hmm. in the end, every single human being on this planet and out of this and and out of this world. When I'm saying out of this world, I have friends in the space station right now. They're not on the <laughs> earth. In fact, three weeks ago, this is how God works so well. Okay, everybody's accountable to their own actions, whatever it is. Yeah. Even if you say that there's no God and you're gonna you're gonna be your own God, you're gonna, gonna create your own right or wrong, you are still accountable. That's why you yes. can even believe that there is karma. It's an unseen thing that happens. Okay. But anyway, how this is how God works, how God answers my prayers. Because I sometimes I'm human beings, so I have highs and lows. Sometimes I'm tired and I'm a little sad because um, there are things I'd like that I don't have yet. I'm talking about things that I want to do, not for my own sake. Yeah, yeah. So and the point of my uh, on the point of my sadness at one time on a Thursday, August 17, I believe. So God works in mysterious ways. 
So God uplifted me to tell me I'm okay through other people. Okay. I received the phone call. It was a phone call from an astronaut that is flying inside the space station just to say, hey, and hi, how are you doing? Now, who gets a phone call from space? So I felt like Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise, just, just a spacecraft is calling me on my cell phone. Yeah, so that's it, awesome. It, it, it kind of it ignited the child in me to, yeah. because God wants it to be like children. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said, if you are not like these little children, you will not enter heaven. That means yeah. you, how, how, how does a child work? They, they submit to authority. And what does the world t- teach us? Defy authority. Mm-hmm. You submit to authority. You submit to the joy of, of love in nature. You appreciate. You, you have gratitude in your heart 24-7, not just one time. 24-7 of what's given to us yeah. until the day we, we die. Remember, I always urge people to treat life every single day with a sense of urgency. When I say a sense of urgency, I would liken it to if you were told by your doctor, Emma, you have six months to live because you have three tumors in your brain the size of golf balls. You will not survive more than six months. What will you do? Suddenly, that six months will have a sense of urgency. You will finish unfinished business. You will go place where you haven't been before. You will say, I love you. You will say, I saw You will make things right. Correct? Because you are, your life is going to end. So there's a sense of urgency. Uh, now... I, I- Okay. I will say yeah, something so, afterwards. So, yeah. So people need. I'm. I'm teaching people to have a sense of urgency mm-hmm. because your existence, as you are right now, isn't. There's no guarantee if you're going to be here tomorrow. No. Okay. If you can only ask the people who died in a car accident yesterday, mm-hmm. they didn't know that they were going to die yesterday. Nope. So, so I, what I'm telling you this, there's an there's there's one uncertainty that yes. you're that your amount of time in this life is uncertain how long it is. We're all in line. But what is certain is there's a place, there's a being that we can come back to and become full again. And that's the nature of God. And we have an opportunity every single moment to do that. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. I have an agreement with you. Mm -hmm. I agree. 100%. So that's why it's, it's like I said, uh, one of those biggest event uh, uh, ev- um, events. Sorry to switch language. Uh, <laughs> English, Emma. Uh, it happened when it happened. This is why we got, you know, shocking events that reminds us of that. That just remind us we're not eternal here. This is not our place to be here. We're only here for a certain amount of time. We're limited here. That's why we got a shell. But when we go back home, it's eternal. Am here, I like it's not time? home. In my book, like I said to people, here, it's not home. Home, yeah. it's on the other side. I can't wait to go back. Like I said a few years no. ago. It should be. I, when you're not afraid to die, uh-huh. that means you have surrendered yourself. People are so scared of dying it's because they have not surrendered. They think this is it. They're afraid, they're, yes. Yeah, they're afraid. Yeah. Um, uh, when I was 14 years old, I had a telephone conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, this, uh, this gal, her name is Joyce. And uh, those days where it's a rotary phone, yep. you know. Okay. So I thought <laughs> we had a discussion about God again. And I said, Joyce, I don't get it. I said, 
why would God create us like we are? We have skin that easily breaks. We get sick. We die. We we have bones that gets that gets bro broken easily. Why didn't He make us more indestructible? You know, like made bones made of metal and and skin like scales. He could have made it better. And then I was I was I was complaining to I I, I was philosophically complaining to Joyce that yeah. my friend like like how God that, that's that's wrong. You know, it's like. So I was dictating my own like vision of creation, right? So Joy said, my dear Jojo, do you really know why God created you that way? So no, no, Joyce, I don't get it. It's because God is reminding you that you're only here temporarily in this world. Exactly. And of course, I, have, and I thought I was smart and I had nothing to throw back at Joyce. <laughs> 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 love it but it's true we're only here temporarily and a lot of people are forgetting that that we're only here for a reason is to go back home and to find our life purpose is to go back to the universe to god but it's very interesting that we're forgetting but those events of passing they are the reminders for a moment that hey what am i doing here am i on the right path am i doing the right things am i where i supposed to be and those are helping to shift. And it's, it's always a great reminder. I, a lot of people are afraid of death. Yes, a lot of people are afraid. And I'm like, it's just, what I don't like is the portal to go on the other side because it's emptiness. But it's like, I can't wait. This is not my home here. Yeah, my home is not here. It's temporary. Yes, it is temporary. In, in the meantime, we have to take care of our own bodies because yes. this is the vessel, okay? That's why yes. one of the, the best uh, quotes I've heard was, if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? Exactly, because you cannot okay. order another one. Amazon doesn't and, deliver those. <laughs> and uh, there was, a, there was a, um, uh, some quotes from Steve mm -hmm. one time that I saw, I've read when he was dying. He said that all the money in the world, you know, he's so very rich, but he's dying of cancer. He knows he was going to die. And he mm -hmm. said, "You have money. You you can buy your you can buy um you can buy a house, but you can't buy time. You can buy medicine, but you can't buy the health. So even though he achieved so much, you realize in the end that money is worthless. What is worth is your soul that you're mm -hmm. actually back to your the that shard of vase that you want to get back because that's the only time that you will be full. You can never feel your own emptiness." with what you have and what we conceive is something that will, and people make a mistake. They do things, they decide on things, and suddenly, although they are, they might be happy they achieved it, but it doesn't last long. No. It's called has. happiness. Happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Two different things. That's why Murphy, one of Murphy's laws that have been, that evolved in a way is that if you're happy, don't worry. It won't last long. <laughs> I'd rather be joyful. Sorry. <laughs> I go for you joy have to be joyful. happiness. Yeah. In the oh. midst of challenges and pain, you will still yeah. be joyful, joyful because you acknowledge that God, that God is a reason. Pain has a way of expunging the things that are that are made that we have done wrong. That's why there's there's um there's um forgiveness and then we have sacrifice involved. That's why Jesus sacrificed himself. There's, a, there's something something very deep into what pain is. It's not pain because we don't want it. God used pain to save all of us because there has to be a sort of payment or to, to balance the universe of what mm -hmm. absolute goodness is. He paid for it with his own blood.
Exactly. And our life is all full of trial and tribulation and of free will added to the top of it. So we create our own pains uh, and we add things to the pains that we're supposed to be uh, encountering to help us to grow, mature and evolve. That's the other thing, too, because like you said earlier, without pain, we don't evolve, we won't change, we don't mature. The wisdom doesn't come because you're sitting down watching TV and eating potato chips. It doesn't work this way. Uh, it's the same when you get a business. It's, you have to go through pain just to get there. It is not giving you a free ride. Nothing is a free ride. There is always growth and maturity with the pain. With the maturity, of course, we need wisdom. And wisdom can only come from the fear of God. This world, the secular world, is controlled by the anti-God, evil, mm -hmm. Satan, whatever you want. This world is full of lies and full of uh, illusions. For example, yeah. this world is teaching us that comfort is the ultimate goal in life. When I say comfort, you have a good package for your retirement. You can travel the world. You can eat the best foods. You have a good life. Good means you have food and money and you have the things that you want. You're comfortable. But there's a problem. If you are in the comfort zone, it is a beautiful place. But never, nothing ever grows in a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. The whole of nature, look at nature. It requires stress. A plant will not grow without the stress of gravity, the stress of the wind, the stress of the sunlight. It has to have stress to grow, to stimulate it to grow. As much as the human persona and spirit, and most of the time, people change and the precipice of change is the challenge. When suddenly you lose your business and then you have children to feed, suddenly you're not complacent anymore. You're creative. You're doing something to fight for something profound. Because if it's only for you, you're just going to leave the children and just live for yourself. But it's profound. You cannot mm -hmm. be an existentialist if you're doing that because it's profound. So the change and the growth we have are happening not and never in the comfort zone, but in the, no. the arena of hardship and challenges, which we are trying to run away all the time. When there is a storm, you go through it. And you cannot go through it without God above you, not you as yourself as God. You'll never get anywhere. If you run away from it, the storms will follow you. Exactly. You cannot escape it, actually. So you have to go. And that's the unknown. That's, I think, what, you know, the comfort of everything. And when you go and you decide to go into, that's why we're trailblazers. That's why going into the unknown is daunting for a lot of people because you don't have any more bearings. And it's like, okay, why do I go here? I don't want to go here. It's uncomfortable. Nothing is comfortable, but you can be comfortable when you are in the middle of changes by being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Right, it's, yeah. kind of a, yeah. it's kind of, a, what do you call it? Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, interesting so, paradox. Yeah, and people are having a hard time with it because, but God provides you with everything. If you want to learn, associate yourselves with people who know more than you. Because if mm -hmm. you associate yourself with the exact people you are, you'll never grow because you're yeah. going to be in the comfort zone. You're discussing the same things over and over again. You believe in the same things. Nothing stimulates your, your intellect and your zest for life. You have to keep on expanding your levels of friendship. Go find people that you admire and find out what makes them tick. Okay. And now you have YouTube and everything. There's so much, and there's so much, of course, garbage out there, but you have yes. to be so, but it, because it has to resonate that it's true. Right. I so agree. you speak. Yeah. Everything's provided for us. It's up to us. It's like food on the buffet. It's up to you to find the food that you want. 
because exactly. that's whatever you you put in your brain is what you become here on earth exactly All yes right? your thought defines who you are i am who i am yeah, your reality is a reflection mm -hmm. only of you internal exactly. belief or a paradigm if you put god there in that paradigm oh how wonderful the world is absolutely absolutely but he, again even having god in our lives doesn't change the trials and tribulation will go there just by the way people <laughs> just to let you know it's not because you got the universe in your heart that everything's going to go that easy either we're always yeah. being challenged because that's how we evolve and change and mature yeah. and taking it as you know, ha having gone through, I will say, quote unquote, hell back and forth, it's very interesting because it's seen right now as an adventure. It, life isn't freaking adventure in my book. It is you mm -hmm. pick up your little backpack and you go on your journey. You create your own path. Whatever comes, comes, and you deal at that time with what's coming your way. And then never forgetting to keep the eyes on the prize, which is mm -hmm. going back home to the universe and even though through the darkest time, you can always find that light, even though if you're being challenged. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things people are giving up uh, and say, well, it's easy to talk. I don't care, but we walk the walk and we talk the talk. Because the day I will do, the day I'm going to write my books, I have somebody who's going to ghost writing it for me. Oh, yeah, a lot of Kleenex is going to be done, but that's not for crying. Mm -hmm. It's to empower people through trials and tribulation keeping the faith, keeping the hope, and seeing goodness in darkest time. Keep the faith. Keep that sense of gratitude. I think that's what helps a lot. But this is the biggest challenge. Is even though, you know, I felt that time I had one finger on the ledge. The rest was in the abyss, and I was ready to give up. And the universe gave me that push at the last minute. Because I said, you know what, universe cannot do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done with that crap. But find a way in those times of darkness and uncertainty. And I found, gave me the strength to just from giving up to stand up for the next day. I said, okay, I'm going back into that battle again. Yeah. I will go through hell. I will pass that fire. Well, because you surrendered. That's the mm -hmm. key here. You mm -hmm. threw away the pride in the abyss. And when people keep on holding to that pride, it's what I think it should be, then they're in trouble. We mm -hmm. have our free will to do. God will provide you with the, with the resources. It's up to you to, to connect with that person, to pick up that book or whatever. It's always there. And to the people listening right now, if you're asking, why, what, what am I doing here? The, 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 um, the answer to that is, wherever you are in life, God wants you to be there, to find him in, in the, the same place where you are. You don't have to be somewhere. You don't have to seek a place where you can find peace and quiet and solitude because the peace and quiet and solitude that you will find on, on top of a mountain is the peace, uh, quietness and solitude that you bring with it. You can never find it. It's in you all the time, but it's, it takes a surrender. That's why you have to be like a child. You have to be like little children. It's so simple. That's why God gives us children to remind us that we must be like children. Exactly. And remind ourselves, we're student of life. We're here to learn no matter what. So keep an open mind and going and doing things. Don't make it, try to make it perfect. Go messy. When I stop things, I don't think about putting a certain level of expectation. I'm going to go messy and I'm going to learn. Keep that open mind. And I think when you start to open your mind and not 
feel like you have to do this perfectly this time, you learn more and you're more able to learn and grasp what's going on and adapt and shift because flexibility is part of who we're supposed to be. We have to be flexible. And in the time we're living right now, I feel that it's so essential and important. Holding on to the past, let it go. The past is the past. You can look back at it. You can learn from it, but you should not be living in the past. And I've seen too many people living in the past that they don't even live in a present where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, there's the actually a, the ghost. Yeah, there's actually a Chinese uh, saying, an ancient Chinese saying about what you said. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's from Confucius. Okay. Uh, no, I think it's Lao Tzu. Uh, no, you may have to research on that. Uh, he said that if you are living in the past, you will be depressed. If you're living in the future, you'll be anxious. Mm-hmm. But if you live in the present, you will be joyful. It's Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu, yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes, it is, actually. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, and totally agree. You cannot, pro- if you, pro- and I've done that in the past, to project myself into the future, not being present because I don't you know, to deal with the present. You don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I think people know the word mindfulness and everybody's using it for like meditation and you feel that your feet is the breathe and your breath and great. But there's another level to that. It's mindfulness that God is, I think, therefore, God, because mm-hmm. God, is, I am the center, yes. point, the origin point. So we have to be mindful on a constant level. But there is something more profound than you who loves you. His name is His name is Jesus Christ. Because for what I believe, Jesus Christ is, is also God. There, there are three persons in one being. And of course, that's another chapter to talk about because it's so deep into thinking what, what it is. No, but that's beautiful. And, you know, it's we could speak for hours and hours. But this is the first of the series we're going to do with Jojo because Jojo's coming back. Uh, I will see you your schedule. <laughs> okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, you think you were not? Sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Right. You're going to be coming back. We, we, need, we will uh, figure out uh, your schedule and match your schedule okay, sure. and your timing because I know you're extremely busy. I wanted to talk about well, how, how you're, um, what do you call it? What do you call it? Um, uh, your projects with romp going how you're doing with okay with very good mm-hmm. in uh, in this world um uh, i had a lecture one time with the elementary children uh, fourth grade third grade children and i asked them is it possible that you can actually touch your dream and they start thinking a dream you know no, I can't touch a dream. <laughs> okay, because that's what we think. Yeah. Okay. We think at the at the just the present moment what we have, what we can understand. So I asked the children, because of what my doing in Project Michelangelo Foundation is to change the paradigm of thinking of children, because how how a person think it becomes. So I asked the children, grab something you like. Anything, mm-hmm. an eraser, a pencil, a necklace, uh, touch a T-shirt that you like, anything that you like. Mm-hmm. Touch your best friend. Okay. Oh, so, okay. They're touching it. You guys touching it? You can feel it in your hands? Yep. Yes, we can feel it. Did you know that at one time, 
those things you're touching was just someone else's imagination and wanting to have and to build and to create. And now you have it like this water bottle. Somebody thought about the shape and the splash and putting water in it. Mm -hmm. And now it's actually real. This is someone's dream. Mm -hmm. What I'm telling them is in scripture. Like, as what a man thinks it becomes. And if I go back to quantum mechanics, if you're consciously observing, you can create an atom. It's, it's, it's a divine gift. And why, can, why did God give that to us? Because we come from God. God is creator. Therefore, we are co-creators. Exactly. It evil or good. That's why, yeah. we, that's why everybody wants to have like the most beautiful garden. They have a collection of pop cans. Everybody has to create something because we are, that's a signature of God. We are co-creators. And what is evil? Evil is destroying everything. That's why if you create something, beautiful garden, somebody comes and destroys it. It's mm -hmm. because it's evil. It's not mm -hmm. of God. <clears throat> or somebody tries to, to, to destroy your, your reputation. That's evil. Not of God. Mm -hmm. so, so, to, uh, so my interjection is whatever you believe in, especially in what people ask me, what's your secret, Jojo? My secret is whatever I think, say, and do, I place Jesus Christ before it. Instead of myself as God, I have someone who actually has been, has been, uh, has come here. Because people say he didn't exist. Yes, he did. Because with all the historical, uh, historical records, even secular records, people don't, don't even believe in God. They, they affirmed that there was a, a person who existed as Jesus Christ. Did he actually is God? Did he actually resurrect? The answer is yes, there were recorded recorded witnesses and accounts mm -hmm. so it what my what i'm saying is that is i'm not preaching from the choir the persona of jesus christ is verifiable it's not it's different than when you say oh uh, hercules so uh, was uh, was alive no you don't have anything to verify it with you have some carvings and things that are like a fable or something like snow white existed well where's well in your mind yes but there's <laughs> yeah. a bible folks Jesus Christ is verifiable. That's why I subscribe to it. I don't subscribe just for the sake of his emptiness. I'm, I was meant to explain this. So mm -hmm. I'm connected. So what we have in science has already been there. We're just measuring it. Nobody in the science community created something. It's always been there. And that's proof that we did not create yourself. So the final point is that if you did not will yourself into existence, then you were created. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so much. So do you have any events coming up? Do you have anything yes, coming yeah. up for you? Yeah, Please for, uh, do. Share, project, share. project Michelangelo, it's an empowerment thing. So uh, you can visit me at uh, uh, www.projectmichelangelo.org. I also have an, a magazine for women. Uh, okay. it's, based, it's called Angel Rising Magazine. Please visit it. Angel Rising, as in rising, angelrisingmag.com. And I'm in the in the in another sense as well. I'm building a World War II memorial to honor yes. all veterans. Uh, this is the United States veterans and the Allies, Allied forces. So any country that participated in crushing of what we call evil, um, evil is uh, destroying the, the the willpower and the liberties of a human being and civilization. So I have this, and also uh, this uh, memorial also. Uh, honors Ray Ali's dog, Eleanor, his best friend, who was cruelly thrown overboard to die in the Pacific Ocean after the war. So I'm resurrecting Eleanor in a sense, in romantically sense, 
to in, in now Eleanor's existence on this world was not in uh, in vain because I'm going to resurrect Eleanor in a, in a form of a bronze statue, and to teach children about again about awareness to uh, cruelty to animals. But because God's creation, we have to be the, the best stewards of God's creation. Can you kill an animal? So if you kill, if we have dominion over animals, if we use it for food and for, for what nurtures us, we are, we are allowed and we are commanded by God that we have dominion over the animals, but for the sake of, for cold, cold joy, you know, cold happiness. No, uh, we, we don't want that because uh, that's cruelty. That's teaching the children to be cruel. If you will, if you're cruel to an animal, you will be cruel to a human being. Yes, I agree. Okay? So I have that. Uh, it's rayalimemorial.com. Ali is spelled as O-L-L-E-Y. So R-A-Y-O-L-L-E-Y memorial.com. And um, I asked God for, um, and like, the, the, like the children, I wanted this to happen. And uh, just uh, two weeks ago, I had a land donation. So we're actually moving forward. So, Beautiful. Uh, oh, by, so by the grace of God. So yes. if you could do this, uh, people listening and you want to participate, uh, it would be, we would need probably around uh, 80, 80 to 100,000 US dollars to build it. So if, uh, if there are any kind hearts out there who can uh, afford to give a little bit, or maybe someone out there has the capacity, uh, you, you can, I can make you a more, a more eternal on earth by having your name there if you can really help us out. And this is for the sake of the children because we are teaching the children. It's called keeping the stories alive for the children, what the sacrifices of veterans are, who are responsible for us living our life without being crushed by, by, by extreme prejudice and, and things like that. Okay. So um, please uh, help visit me. I, I'm a hopeless romantic. I earn zero dollars from this. I'm actually using my own money for this. Mm-hmm. And because God provides, you know, whenever I spend something for a common good, it comes back in many, many forms. It's amazing. That's another story to tell. Oh, we will. Trust me. <laughs> We're not done talking. So we'll have Jojo coming up. Uh, we'll see if, you, if you're available in October or November. It depends okay. on your schedule. We'll figure out some schedule. We'll figure out. See if it's not every month. It will be every couple of months. Uh, definitely want to continue the conversation with you because it's a beautiful conversation. And it's opening the mind and giving the messages for people as well. So any messages we were able to give today to people, I'm more humble and happy to have done that. Oh, yes. As um, like one of the closing remarks is that this is a world where uh, people who, um, who seem to be offended by anything uh, are out there angry at life and angry at themselves. Okay? Please remember that being offended doesn't come from another person. It comes from you. It's your view of life. It's tre- if we, when you treat yourself as your own God and you are oblivious to the realities of what could be and what, that you may be wrong. And so that's my point is that we must be able to be aware that sometimes we may be wrong. So stop the practice of being offended because uh, you cannot tell somebody how to act or what to say. You cannot do that. That means you're, you want to be God. You want to control them. Every single person here in the in this universe was meant to be here, and they're endowed the Creator with unalienable rights. They can say they want, but it's up to you. If you tell me that I'm uh, that I'm I, I'm a bad-looking person or you're I'm evil, I'm fine. If that's what you believe, I'm sorry, but that's not who I am. So, of being offended comes from you. It seems like people are pushing that it comes from someone else. Mm-hmm. People they see in television that they, they, they don't even know 
they don't even know the real person behind that. You have never walked in their shoes. So when you can do this, that means you're acknowledging there is God higher than you. You are not the God. And then things will be fine. You are flowing in the flow of the universe. And it's being, uh, I think one, one last word, it would be being at peace with our own self. Yeah, you have to accept who you are because God created you. Mm-hmm. You are. Yep. That's yeah. A, you, that's you, cannot be, you cannot be someone else because yeah. that mold has been broken. Oh, 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 one more thing. I forgot to tell you. Oh, please do. Uh, <laughs> a challenge. Right? Before we say goodbye okay, for the people, it's like a closing remark. Uh, because I subscribe to the Bible because I find uh, that the Bible is a template. I cannot find morality away from the, the Bible. There's, it doesn't exist. So there's a, there's, a, there's a passage in the Bible that God will allow you to go through trials seven times over, seven times seven. It, there's the word, the, the number seven comes out and it says like, like, like silver. Okay. Now he was talking about the um, silversmith. The silversmith has to, has to get the silver, melt it, and then uh, and once it's hard as he remelts it again and keeps on melting and re- reheating and remelting until about the seventh time. And then why do the silvers, why does the silversmith do that? Well, because the silversmith knows that it's pure silver when he can look at a drop of silver and the, the silversmith can see the reflection of himself. And that's why you're going through so many challenges. Mm-hmm. God wants to find out and to expunge your impurities until God can see his own reflection in who you are. That is why. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Jojo. It's so powerful. Love the conversation with you. As I said, Jojo will come back. We'll figure it out a time. And we're going to continue to talk to about the Trinity, the quantum, uh, and all of those, but not in one talk. It's going to take us okay. a journey we'll to the, get there. I hope I'll somehow, if I can have someone's life change to get closer to God because I want to save them, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong and go, go to hell, you're wrong. No, I'm saying this for the act of love because I, that's what God intended us to be, to find each other, to bring them back home, mm-hmm. not to argue with each other. You won't get anywhere. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. Thank you okay. so much, Jojo. Okay, Have my a beautiful... to all of you, you too.